It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wilde with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron. With Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. How you doing? Good. Tuesday. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. That's what it's all about. Except when I ask you about things that happen. And I got my coffee. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't make any today. Yeah, I thought you were off coffee. Didn't I see you do an interview saying you were you know, your Joe Yoga? Limiting, limiting coffee. Oh, okay. Right, is that half uh, is that a half calf? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know what that is. What is it? Half the caffeine. Yeah. What's the point of that, really? Um, all right, so there's only like a million and one questions people want to ask you. Um, well, let's get to them. No, we're not, because I, I, you know what? This is this is yeah, our little deal. It's your show, I know. No, it's, it's not my show. show. Here we go. But um, everybody wants to talk about Sunday. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what I saw on Saturday, which was the premiere of. I don't know if we call it season three of It's Aaron, but we, I, I promise folks we will have plenty of time for you to complain about how the Packers' offense is functioning, so relax out there. Um, and I will ask a few of those questions. But I, I don't, I've seen you do a lot of neat things over the years that I've known you. Uh, and It's Aaron is now in its third season, right? This is the third time you've done it. Right. Um, and he did some great stuff with the MacFun kids, our friend Brandon, the first year. You did some great stuff with some great kids last year. But this one that you did, and if you haven't seen it, you can go to itsaron.com. Uh, it's in concert with the folks at Gruber Law Offices. I, I think there's a link on ESPN.com now. Isn't yeah, it is it is really, ta- for the first time, it has really and truly taken off. Um, that's last week's show. Um I was amazed at how striking it was, how good it was. Yeah, usually this is muted. I, I got all kinds what of What are you doing right now? My computer turned on, and I've got uh, last week's show and the week before show. Mute it. And they're both playing. Can you mute me for a second? I can't turn it off. I can't. Yes. I'm going to take over the show now. Yeah. Okay, you're, is, back. Now you're back. This show's much better yes. when I'm not on it, let's be honest. Um, but... I've, of all the good ones, this one's unbelievable. I mean, the idea of you going door-to-door, and again, it has really taken off. I've seen it on uh, USA Today. I've seen it on uh, ESPN. I've seen it in a bunch of places. But tell us a little bit about what you're doing for folks that haven't seen it and what your uh, what the cause is for this edition of it. Well, it's been a, it's been a great uh, partnership uh, with uh, with. Uh, David Gruber and and trying to raise awareness for some amazing causes. In the first season, we uh, we highlighted the Mac Fund, which is near and dear to both our hearts, uh, and three success stories from it, to, and to try and raise some more awareness about uh, the amazing work they're doing uh, uh, with the Mac Fund. And, and obviously, that started long before I got involved with it. But then uh, the second season, we decided to branch out and let's let's highlight some other causes that are doing some incredible things uh, in the community, in the region, in the state. And in the country, and, and we just expanded even more with this one, uh, with some uh, with some just phenomenal people and causes, and uh, you know we, uh, we we highlighted three of them. Uh, the, the other two will be coming out shortly, but this one was uh, with Andy Bartos, whose brother Jack, twin brother, uh, was a, a big uh, a big part of 
you know, me really falling in love with the Mac Fund uh, as I saw him struggle through his, uh, you know, his his cancer and uh, and beat it back and then in return and and him uh, going through the struggles that he went through uh, and and showing what courage really looks like. Um, it was really my first. He was the first kid I got really close to uh, with the Mac Fund, and and uh, now his his twin sister is trying to uh, with her. Uh, her G9 initiative to uh, continue to raise awareness about pediatric cancer through uh, making gold the official color of September, as many other causes have uh, have an awareness month. Uh, with uh, coming up here in October, we have Breast Cancer Awareness Month, where there'll be a pink all over the football field, and right. and uh, continuing to try and get people to think about it more, to uh, uh, to raise awareness, to raise funds for it, and uh, and Annie wants to bring all the pediatric cancer organizations under the same banner uh, for September because there's so many uh, amazing uh, causes and people doing great things to raise money for, for patient care, to raise money for research, um, and uh, just to try and bring it all together with everybody thinking about it every September uh, was was great. So, I mean, everything that happened uh, that day was, uh, you know, was was purely reactionary. There was nothing set up uh, from the time that we met. Uh, I surprised Annie with some... Now, now, don't, now don't give it away, because I won't that's give it away. one of my favorite parts of the video. So we won't we won't talk about how you surprise Annie, because the, the whole thing about It's Aaron is basically the doorbell rings and, oh, it's Aaron! Right. Um, so this one's a little bit different, so if you haven't seen that the That was video, a great Kermit the Frog impression there. Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. Um... That's kind of your normal voice. Yeah, that's why I'm not really a professional radio guy. I'm really more of a writer doing radio. Um, So that's part of it. But the the, the part that I do think we can at least talk a little bit about is you go door-to-door with Annie spreading the word of Golden September to a bunch of people in a neighborhood that I'm guessing aren't expecting uh, a former NFL MVP to ring their doorbell. Yes, not on a a, uh, Sunday either during the afternoon, which is So wait, when did you do it? It was the the Sunday after uh, Seattle, so they, I'm sure the people having their afternoon siesta, or nap, if you will, uh, or watching football, which uh, which people were. We weren't obviously playing, but uh, but yeah, it was you know it was it was so much fun to uh, to surprise these people, and uh, and there was some great interactions that were caught on film. Greg Marshall. Uh, isn't he amazing? He's amazing. He he was behind the him and his crew behind the filming and and the editing of it all, and uh, I think he really captured a lot of the uh, the emotion of the day and and just how special it was to me to be able to spend time with with Annie. Uh, um, got to know her over the years, you know, obviously with her brother um, being a big part of the Mac Fund, but just but caught some really candid interactions with people uh, throughout the day and then and then some good conversation with uh, with Annie and I you know it's it's fun to be able to raise awareness for for these causes and um because there's so many amazing people out there who are doing incredible things right in our own backyard that we can get involved with I think a lot of people when they think about uh, doing charity work you know it's it's sometimes a big grandiose idea that that uh, that maybe seems like there's not a way to to get plugged in in your area, but but hopefully through these causes and, and the work that that, uh, that Greg's the, has done with the filming and the editing, and you know we've we've showed people that there's uh, just real tangible ways 
in our area, in our state, in our region, uh, where you can get involved with some people who are doing amazing work and touching the lives of these kids and their families and their friends. And it's just such a big web that stretches out. Uh, when you just touch one person, there's there's so many uh, other people affected, and, and uh, hopefully it inspires people to get involved. And you, um, this started, you and David Gruber had a, a partnership, and you did that public service announcement, and you guys both kind of felt like we can do something better than this, and that this is what's come of it. Yeah, it has, you know, and and uh, David's got a big heart for uh, for the Mac Fund. He's been a, a big supporter, and it's been fun to work with him uh, to just raise awareness. And I think, uh, you know, we're we're both getting, uh, you know, we're both getting different attention for this. But uh, I think through even through that attention, these causes are getting the attention they deserve, and, and they're so appreciative. But we're so humbled to be able to work with. Uh, these people who are doing incredible work in our area, in our state, and, and as you'll see this year, some national causes that uh, that can really make a difference. Last thing, and then we'll segue into football. You said you did this the Sunday after the Seattle game. Obviously, that was a disappointing game. You had high hopes of starting better than you guys did as a team. Does Do you need kind of those types of things to help you move on from losses? And obviously, you can see where I'm going here. Um, or do you... Or do you move on from losses relatively easy? Well, you learn to move on. Uh, but it's stuff like this that gives you uh, perspective. I think you always need perspective moments. And uh, spending time with uh, with Annie and, and the other two organizations we work with. Um, I just can't turn this thing off. I know you can't. It's a really touching uh, story that you're telling, and I can't fix my computer. I know. You're doing such a good job. I, I really am. this moment. A- I don't even know where the mute button is. What a disappointment. Does it even have on the computer? It's like 10 years old. It's time, it, it's it time is, to get yeah, a new it's one. It's time to get a new one. Yeah. There we go. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Professional radio show. Perspective. It's important. Thanks. Sorry about that. Um, all right. So let's talk about. Maybe we should do that one more time later in the show. <laughs> Perhaps. I have to get to the Ask Aaron questions. It's the only access I have to them. Um, Just go on start. Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's, we'll go on there. Okay. That's. Yeah. Uh, I usually like to be a little more prepared than this. It's been a long couple of days. Hmm. Um, let's talk about the game. Speaking of having a long couple of days, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to ask you the two questions that everyone is asking me. What's wrong with the offense, and what's wrong with you? And I understand that the bar has been set high for both of those things, um, but we uh, we talked last week. Um, I asked you about your accuracy. You put it at a 7 um, you miss a throw that I think everybody on the planet, including yourself and Jordy Nelson, expect you to make on that fourth and five uh, at the goal line. What's wrong with the offense, and what's wrong with you? Well, I think we're close. I think we're close on offense. We had 51 plays. We had uh, not a lot of execution. Obviously, it was it was poor. We played good defense, but um, yeah, they played a lot of too high. We we uh, adjusted to that, and then we just didn't run the ball very well. You know, we had some opportunities to run it. Uh, well, we had some stuff blocked up and just didn't uh, didn't finish the runs or didn't get enough yard yards when you had the opportunity. And, and when you're playing a team that wants to play a lot of too high, you have to you know you, you have to be able to run the ball effectively or they're just going to st- stay in that. Um, and then you know, like I said, we just didn't uh, didn't make enough plays. Um, yeah, we had some uh, had some drops and uh, and had a couple couple poor throws. Obviously, the fourth and five was a uh, good route by Jordy, and, and we made the. The right adjustment there, and just didn't uh, didn't hit it. So that's one you know you obviously expect to hit. So that's why you know, that's disappointing. But 
Yeah, we played three three good defenses, and uh, and I said after the game, you know, we we had a couple mediocre performances and one average performance. So uh, that leaves a lot to be desired. And uh, we're one and two. We've been one and two the last couple of years, and managed to figure things out. But we haven't made it easy on ourselves, and uh, we've dug ourselves a little bit of a hole. But uh, we're a resilient bunch, and we'll bounce back and we'll get better. Uh, we know how excited everyone was about the no huddle and Mike McCarthy talking extensively about you know doing it all the time as opposed to only as a change up. Do you lose certain aspects of that though? You know, you, you've got your wide receivers and they're out there, and you, you they kind of stay where they are. Um, I don't see you doing a ton of motion. I don't see you uh, doing a lot of the things that you know throw defenses off their games a little bit. Are, is there a is there a drawback to the no huddle in terms of your ability to be creative? And is that something that you and Mike are talking about in terms of maybe you can't do it as much as you've been? Well, I'll just. I'll uh, correct a, a misnomer that you just stated. Is that motion maybe throws the defense off? I I, I disagree. Okay. Um, completely. Uh, I've never been a big fan of motion. Brett wasn't a fan of motion. Really. And Peyton Manning obviously is not a big fan of motion either. There's, Why is that? Explain that to us. Well, I think that when you, when you motion, you uh, you can give advantages to the defense. Really. Uh, based on because defenses have evolved and they've. Uh, you know they have the ability to change calls, uh, strength calls for pressure, and and strength calls for coverage as well. Um, every now and then, motion, uh, same side motion, I think can give you some indicators. But um, I've never been a been a big fan okay, of motion. Okay, good. Well, that's one to grow on. Yes. Um, but are there limit? Are there limitations? I think there are. That are- there's limitations, but uh, but I think there's there's things that you can really. Uh, uh, build off of, and, and by not doing a ton of motion and keeping guys on the same side, and uh, you could you have the potential to play faster. You have the potential to uh, to make a defense more vanilla. Um, you you have uh, you have the potential to uh, to get more plays. Obviously, ran uh, that from sets that look the exact same. I think which can give you the type of variation um, that you want. But uh, you know we're not playing fast enough on offense, and and we're not converting enough third downs. Regardless of what the percentages say, uh, we've been 50-50 and 40, I believe. But we need to convert more third downs in order to give us more opportunities to get plays. You know, 51 plays, that defense wasn't tired at all. And uh, they played like they weren't tired. You know, when you run the no huddle, you want to you want to tire a team out. So you you can – the hope is that they'll get a little more undisciplined when they're tired and, and there'll be a, you know more opportunities for lapses and coverage or assignment uh, when they're tired. But we didn't – convert enough first downs to even get them tired right um two other things one um you you said some form of the word adjust or adjustment a bunch of times in your post-game press conference we all noticed it um were you just talking about uh going to throwing the ball sooner because the run just wasn't working or what kind of adjustments could you guys have made as a team that would have you think maybe gotten your offense going well you know i think I think we didn't adjust well to the fact that they were playing cover two and we had to run it uh, effectively. We didn't we didn't run the ball effectively at all. Um, you know, we had a couple explosive runs, but uh, they had six in the box the majority of the time. Right. And we expect to be able to run the ball effectively. So that was that was one of the things I was talking about with just not adjusting to that well and and running the ball more effectively. If you don't if you can't run the ball effectively, you can't get them out of the two show. And they were playing a guy. You know, a couple guys in the slot who hadn't had a lot of NFL experience. Right. 
uh, they weren't going to leave him out there by themselves. They were going to safety help over the top. They would get him kind of one leverage to play, and, and uh, unless we could put him in some more one-on-one situations uh, by running the football, you know, it was just going to be a cover two game, and that's why it was. So that's you know that's why I said we didn't uh, we didn't adjust all of that. And, and no offense to those guys, but. You know, one was on the practice squad, one was on the street. You weren't here yet, but in 2002, these guys, the Packers go to New England, and they had signed Bryant Westbrook off the street. There was a guy named Todd Franz who the Packers called him while he was hanging drywall with his father-in-law, and they went and they won a game at New England playing with those guys as their nickel and dime. So it's been done, but when you see inexperience as a quarterback, you want to try to exploit it, right? I mean, you're looking to, to try and pick out those guys in their secondary if you can? Yeah, you'd like to. You definitely would would, would like to get some shots. But uh, at the same time, you know, you have to you have to slow down the rush. you got uh, some premier pass rushers. Obviously, Ndamukong is one of the top interior rushers uh, that the game's seen in a while. And uh, Anza is a young guy who's, who's improving, and Jones on the other side. Um, you know, those are some some real good pass rushers on that turf with crowd noise. Yeah. Uh, so you have to find a way to to run the ball effectively to slow that down. But, um, but yeah, we didn't handle it very well. Last thing, what um, I feel like we spent the entire 2012 season of Tuesdays with Aaron talking about teams playing too high safeties. Um, what in a pa- okay? I understand that running the ball is the most important thing, but philosophically or just as a quarterback, what are the kinds of plays that beat cover two? If they're going to play their safeties back, is it short stuff? What do you, what do you, what are you looking to do as a passer against cover two to be productive? It just depends on the, is it uh, zone or is it man? You know, if it's man under, what did you, they play mostly? Man under. Okay. Um, and they played some. You know, they they really rolled coverages to Jordy. You know, they they wanted to take him out of it when he was in the slot. They had a safety look him up, uh, and when when he was outside, they had the, a guy. Um, Outside and inside. A lot of times it was off, off and outside and off and inside with the safety or pressed with some help over the top. So um, you have to, you know, you have to get guys running. You have to um, to have some uh, some double moves um, in the slot or outside. Um, and you have to find where the matchup is. You know, a lot of times uh, it's the uh, the inside guy has got to win uh, when you have two high safeties because the middle is, is kind of the soft spot, especially if it's man under. And we didn't win in the middle enough. Uh you, I'm sure, knew that teams, after the way Jordy had been so productive, would focus on him. You've dealt with that with other receivers before. Um, how do you make sure you keep him involved, even when a team is uh, pretty focused on taking him out of the game? And, and what do you do when a team is so hell-bent on doing that? I think you have to move him around. You know, we saw that with uh, with Greg a lot in, in 11 and 12, where teams would roll a lot of coverages to him, and we had to move him inside. But not get, motion. Line him up. Yeah, line him up inside, okay. and, and or motion him inside if, if you uh, if you're able to do some huddle plays. But uh, but yeah, line him up inside and give him some more opportunities to run some inside routes because it's a little harder to double from the inside. It, it, okay. Teams do it 100. percent But uh, but then you're really you're really taking away the safety's ability to help on outside and inside uh, when you move uh, a guy like that inside. So um, you move around a little bit and uh, and uh, try and find the matchup you like. I know you play on the other side of the ball, uh, and I know Dom Capers and Mike McCarthy talked about yesterday how uh, how they still didn't get the job done in the third and fourth quarter. They need to get the ball back for you guys, et cetera. But I, I thought the defense was terrific. Uh, they take the ball away three times. You know, Calvin Johnson didn't have a huge day. From your perspective, I know you're busy looking at pictures and stuff, but 
I mean, you said well, it I was after. watching. I was yeah. Watching. What did you think of, of what your defense did? And I don't want to be the silver lining guy, but is that one of the positives that comes out of this, that maybe your defense leaves with some confidence? First of all, I don't know why you don't want to, you don't want to be the silver lining guy. Because I, This I, should be a positive show I, here. Well, I tried to start it that way, and my computer exploded. But the, the idea that because you don't like moral victories, and I feel like I'm sounding a little moral victory-ish by saying that, hey, your defense You be the moral victory guy, I'll be the reality Okay, guy. fair okay. enough. Hey, great job by the defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we lost. Uh, okay, scrap that idea. Uh, yeah, they played great. I mean, we gave up uh, nine points on offense. Uh, they held them to uh, ten points on defense uh, and did a great job. You know, got the turnovers for us. Um uh, you know, just when they were deep in, in our territory, Pep with the uh, strip sack and House with the pick, and and then it was on our side as well when uh, HaHa got the uh, deflection interception. So they did a great job. They slowed him down, uh, talented, talented quarterback and a big-time receiver. I think we held him under 100 yards, so that's, that's yeah. a good day. They played good enough for us to win. I said after the game, you know, they the way they play today, we should uh, we should win every game like that. So uh, you got to give them credit. They're they're Definitely playing with more confidence, and uh, I think they know that you know that's a, the way the offense performed is is a rarity like that. And when they play the way they played, we're going to win uh, most of those games. So uh, let's go inside the helmet. Then we'll look ahead to the Bears, and then get to Aaron's favorite part of the show. Ask Aaron your questions via. Twitter. And you've got them on. Yeah, you've got them. Well, I've got the computer working now. Yeah, yeah. You finally got the mute button figured really, out. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, I'm glad. I, I'm sure I'll be hearing about that later. Um, let's uh, let's start with um, with a positive play because I'm Mr. Positive at this end of the counter. Uh, you need a hammer at home with like four negative plays or what? <laughs> I got one positive and two sort of negative. Um, the touchdown to Q, mm. Andrew Corliss, take us through that one. You appear to be pretty fired up after the play as well. Um, very excited for Q. I was happy for Q, yeah. He ran a nice route, catching traffic. Uh, he's, you know, he's a guy who uh, is, is a talented, talented player. And, you know, I think he's a confidence player at times, like we all are. But uh, where, you know, if you can get him a, a couple balls early in the game, you know, he's really going to gonna make some plays. And, and and Andrew ran a great route, great cuts in traffic. I was I was pumped for him because we hadn't had a connection like that in a while. I was out for the majority of last season when he really took off. And I think we had a couple completions against uh, Chicago there in the last game. But it was fun to, to get a touchdown to him like that. And then he made a couple really great reactionary plays later in the game. Um, was there any similarity between that touchdown and the one you threw to him in 2010 against the Vikings in the back of the end zone? Yeah, he actually caught this one. Yeah, technically he didn't, right? <laughs> I mean, that shouldn't have been a touchdown in that game, wasn't it? Yeah, I actually had a – it's funny you say that. I had a little bit of a flash when he caught that, of that play. Uh, and Because uh, I couldn't see if he had held on or not. Right. Uh, but I, I listened, when the crowd was silent, I figured that he had – he had caught it for a touchdown, but uh, but yeah, that was that was a good route, very similar route, I believe, uh, by Drew. That time he had uh, EJ right on him from underneath, uh, um, but but in the game he had to leave the inside and and the safety was outside of him, and he split him and uh, put the ball where I wanted to, and he made a great catch. Uh, let's let's talk about the safety. Um, Devon House has the interception. It gets marked at the one yard line, um, which correctly marked. I, I didn't say correctly, uh, but I know that they did change that rule where if your momentum takes you into the end zone, 
they still mark it where you went down initially, which I'm not sure that's a great rule, but... Yeah, I don't um, understand that rule. Yeah. So that that obviously hurts you. Instead of starting at the 20, you start at the 1. Yes. But take us through that play, because you are... You're talking before the snap. I don't, I, and I don't know. Are you adjusting the play? What's happening there? And then what went wrong? Yeah, we're just getting everybody on the same page. And so it's the it's you were it was the play call that was called. It wasn't you changing the play there. We're just trying to make sure everybody's on the same page there. We had we had the call that we liked, and um, we just didn't win at the point of attack. Uh, and you know, that's that's what happens when you don't have a lot of space. Uh, if you, you know, don't win at the point of attack, then uh, you could have some negative things happen. Um, and then let's let's go through the the pass to Jordy. Uh, fourth and five, you guys are down nineteen seven. If you if you hit on it, it's nineteen fourteen. Maybe things get uh, yeah, interesting in the last six minutes. Yeah. What uh, what did you see? Take us through that play. Yeah, you know, we had a good drive there. We put together some plays, uh, hit some stuff, had a chance on second and one there. Uh, you know, to extend the extend the drive, had a chance on third down and then fourth down. Yeah, had a good play. We moved Jordy inside um, and had him on a similar route that uh, that Corliss caught for a touchdown. Uh, made some eye contact with Jordy. We're on the same page. He ran a really nice route, and I just missed the spot by uh, a lot. That's a bad throw. Why does that happen? Like, it's hard to throw balls into tiny windows, but you have made it look pretty darn easy. Do you feel like... You know, again, I asked you about accuracy last week. You gave yourself a seven, which I'm guessing is awfully low on your own grading scale. Do, do you, you know, what everyone's wondering is last year's injury having any effect? Why do you everybody's think, wondering that? Yeah, there's a, well, there's two two things everybody's wondering. They're wondering if your injury is an issue, and they are wondering if the Rory McIlroy effect is happening, and you have a girlfriend now, and apparently that's affecting your performance. That's I got those two things more than anything else. After the game, those are so idiotic. It's not even worth responding to either one of those. So, so your collarbone's not an issue. Why do you think you haven't been as accurate as you normally are? I felt like a, I was pretty accurate. On you do Sunday. okay. Just on that one throw. I mean, I, a couple throws. Yeah, there were a couple throws I missed. Yeah, but, but I felt I felt pretty accurate on Sunday. Does that give you? Um, a little bit more hope too that the offense is going trending toward the way you want it you think you feel like you're throwing the ball okay you can get out of this funk a little bit <laughs> i'm being positive that's me positive uh i just you know, i'm just five letters here just for everybody out there in packerland and yourself today panic r e l a X. Okay. Relax. All right. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, let's look ahead to the Bears. They uh, played last night uh, against the Jets. I don't. I can't remember. What do you watch Monday Night Football when you're not playing on it? Or are you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So is. I mean, I was a little busy, but I I taped it. Yeah. You taped it with on your VCR. Yes. Um, so what do you, what do you see from the Bears when you watch film? And uh, and maybe what you saw when you did watch the VHS. They're depleted, yeah. They're really depleted in the secondary. They had uh, a lot of injuries last night. Um, they had uh, some guys not normally playing in, in spots. Um, 
Yeah, that's a lot of guys get hurt. You know, Peanut, Peanut got hurt a couple weeks ago. Um, unfortunately, he's a great player and, and a friend of mine for for years now. I always yep. enjoy competing against him and feel bad for him and his injury. Um, but uh, you know, Conti went down and Mundy went down and uh, you know had some had some backups in there in the secondary. But uh, uh, my, my buddy who injured me last year, I think he got hurt too. Um, so yeah, they've had some injuries in the secondary, but. Uh, Shane have, McClellan. Yeah. Sorry. Still have uh, Jennings outside, and uh, the young the young guy, Fuller, is a talented guy. He's made a lot of interceptions, made some really good plays over over the three weeks. Jared Allen outside, and uh, and uh, Young in, in Houston. Uh, some talented, uh, talented rush guys. Uh, so I think it's, you know, it's, it's a talented group. They uh, they play the defense really well. They are good at disguising. Uh, they rally to the ball. Uh, you see, I mean, Fuller last night, I think he caused two fumbles. He looks like uh, Peanut out there. You know, just they're always trying to strip the ball out. So you, ball security is at an absolute premium when you play in Chicago because everybody on that team is looking for the strip initially or when if a guy's held up, they're going to try and uh, knock the ball out. So it's a, it's a talented team. Offensively, you know, Jay's playing really well, um, and their guys are playing through injuries. Uh, Marshall and, uh, and Jeffrey. Uh, have have uh, had a good start to the season, uh, but Marshall was obviously injured uh, last night playing through it, and Alshon's had some injuries as well. So right. uh, it's a talented uh, offense, and we're going to have to score some points, more than seven this week. Um, you once said that when the schedule comes out, one of the first things when we're playing Chicago, look at is when you're playing Chicago. Are you? I was is, very happy this year. Yeah, I was very happy. How different is? I mean, I. I there, there have been some instances where the coldest I've ever been in my life was when I was like walking from the car to the stadium uh, in Chicago. How different is it? I know it's a tough place to play, but you've played there a lot in cold. How different is it? I don't even remember the last time you played these guys this early down there. How different the, is it? Well, we played them in uh, was it ten on Monday night? Yeah, and then obviously you had to play them again in the NFC Championship game when it was much colder. Yeah. So. The coldest I've ever been was 2008, the night before we played Chicago. I stepped outside of the Westin uh, for dinner, and I was walking about 20 feet, and I it was brutal. It was gloves? Like minus no gloves? 40. No, no hat? gloves. No hat? No hat, gloves? I had a hat on, yeah. Okay. But it was about minus 40. The next day, it was like minus 25, and it was still miserable. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I think we're all excited that it's not a late late game in Chicago. It's, it's always difficult playing there uh, when it's really, really cold. Um, is is there anything vastly di- now you played them obviously twice last year? Um, is there anything vastly different about them defensively in last season and this season than before when you knew kind of every year you were going to get a lot of Tampa two? Are they vastly different schematically than they were in the years before Mel Tucker took over? Um, I don't know if I'd say vastly different, but they played definitely less two. There were games where they would play. 30 to 40 consecutive snaps of of uh, Tampa 2 uh, at times in 06 and 07 you know it was uh, it was uh, comical oh what are they playing oh, Tampa 2 Tampa 2 Tampa 2 Tampa 2 show blitz Tampa 2 Tampa 2 you know um, every snap and they could do it because they had uh, run stoppers and pass rushers in their front four and their backers covered so much ground and their nickel was always a very savvy player and their corners and safeties worked together in their in their scheme so um yeah, you know, now they're they're a little more aggressive. I think they're they're blitzing more. As you saw last year when we played them, they blitz a lot more. They blitz in the last play of the game. They brought empty pressure, so uh, it's it's a more of an attacking scheme. Um, but they're still playing some Tampa too. Uh, but it's it's not uh, as much as they used to be. 
Let's get to the Ask Aaron questions. Finally. Uh, you can see. Yeah, I know. I, well, now that the computer works. Uh, now you, that you, you got your Texas A&M sweatshirt on, that's nice you wore that. Is that because they're ranked the uh, number, what, five? You know, I got this I, I got this when Coach Sherman went there. Mm. And um, I thought maybe when Johnny Football won Heisman, you're a big Johnny Football guy. Right? You're a big Johnny Football guy. More so than me. Um, you're deflecting right now. I, I, a little bit. Yep. I, well, you know. Um, so let's get let's not delay your favorite part of the show for goodness sake. Uh, let's start with Rodney and I. I don't. Maybe I don't listen well enough, so I don't know who your maybe maybe. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know who your uh, Champions League team is, but his he's maybe Liverpool is your team. Used to be, yeah. Oh, okay. So there, I don't listen well enough. He says thoughts on uh, Liverpool's start to the season in the Champions League and the matchup with Tim Howard's Everton team this Saturday. Are you are you I'm still big, a soccer guy? I well, now they're finally playing some games, uh, not just on the English soccer channels, which is nice. Uh, but uh, I haven't I haven't got into it a whole lot this year yet. But I am a big Tim Howard fan. One of my favorite. Uh, Twitter blow-ups was after he went nuts in the World Cup and stopped all those shots. And it was all the images they had of him stopping various things was uh, was amazing. I mean, Tim's a, he's an incredible, incredible keeper, and I'm Do sure... Do you know him at all? I don't. I don't. But I'm a big fan. Uh, football question from Tom. He says... American football? Uh, American football, yeah. Good, good, Thanks. good one. Um, have you been... Told slash instructed slash suggested to stay away from running the ball. Thank you. No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, Rodney Rodney had the. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Well, I. Um. I know what that means, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Why do you hold on to the ball too long? Is the other question that everyone asks. So we already covered that last week. Um, more importantly, Andy asks. Um, I just saw they have Princess Bride Monopoly. Are you in? Yes, I'm in. <laughs> uh, now wait, I saw another, and I can't find it. Carrie right just now. Carrie just wrote a book. That's what I'm just yeah. about to ask you about. Yes, I haven't got my copy yet, Carrie, but I know it's in the mail. What? It's like his life story, or it's, it's the behind, behind it's the scenes. Stories from the making of uh, of the Princess Bride. Okay. Twenty five years later. So, so wait a minute. If it's 25 years old I'm 30. and Aaron Rodgers is 30, I'm How a old is Fred Savage? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> a train leaves Green Bay going 48 miles. Um, when did you discover that? Because we, we all know, I listen well enough to know that that's your favorite movie. When, when, I was, yeah. when uh, did you discover that? Probably seven years old, seven or eight. Okay. Um, Vince asks, were you and your brothers fans of professional wrestling growing up? And if so, did you have a favorite? Yes, sport? I did. One of my favorite memories from growing up watching wrestling was uh, getting a pay-per-view when there was a tag team match between Hogan when he was with the NWO and Dennis Rodman, because we were Bulls fans, uh, Chicago Bulls. Rodman right. was on the Bulls. So Hogan and Rodman against uh, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. And Carl Malone. And me and my buddies put, uh, like, everybody put, like, five bucks in, which, you know, at eight was a lot of money. Uh, Your entire week's uh, allowance. We didn't get allowance either. So you can imagine how much money it was. <laughs> no allowance. That was, like, our entire year. But it didn't disappoint. 
the undercover uh, Hogan's undercover brother came out and uh, did some cheap stuff, and and Hogan and Rodman won, which made everybody happy. So we've got Carl Malone, we've got Dennis Rodman, uh, your buddy Kevin Green, who was here, um, did some wrestling for a time. I met the Nature Boy in Carolina a couple years back. Oh, did, didn't he? Did he talk to the team? Not us. Okay, he I talked can't... to. Some other team, I think. I just, yeah, maybe he talked to one of your opponents. Maybe that's what I remember. Anyway, what is now, do you have any interest in, I wouldn't think that putting you in the ring would be such a good idea, but ever doing anything with WWE or WWE? Well, AJ and I sent uh, Hogan a birthday message recently. Really? Yeah, for Raw. I'm sorry I missed that. I don't yeah, watch that program. Yeah, can't believe you missed that one. All right, uh, a couple more, and then uh, I'll let you get out. Yeah, Raw is one of the highest-rated programs on cable TV. I did not know that. Now you do. Higher than Monday Night Football? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Cindy says, speaking of your brothers, uh, do you talk to your brothers during the season, or do they leave you the heck alone? How often do you talk to, to Luke and to uh, Jordan? What kind of question is that? I don't know. I guess I think she. I think she's saying, you know, that... Our, well, we don't stay in touch with people all that closely sometimes when we're busy with work. This is your job. I don't know. Yes. How often do you talk to the guys? I talk to them a lot. How's Jordan? Because Jordan is kind of, is he still has he still has the NFL dream, right? He wants to keep. I mean, he wouldn't be it. he wouldn't be adverse to a, a an opportunity, but uh, but he's starting to transition. Oh, he has. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last two, Lucas asks, and again, another football question. Um, why do you think Jermichael Finley was so successful against two high defenses, and do you need to get your tight ends more involved offensively? Well, J. Mike, uh, you know, had a unique skill set, um, has a unique skill set, you know, his ability to uh, uh, use his speed and his body um, really effectively. Uh, when you play in a, a split safety team, you know, the middle of the field is open. So uh, he always had the ability to get down the middle of the field and, and attract attention. And use his body and his strength to get open as well. So, um, you know, he, he we miss him. He's a talented guy, but uh, you know, we have a lot of trust in those guys. And when they get opportunities, they got to make the most of them. You changed the word to has there. Do you still hold out hope that he'll be able to resume his career? And do you talk to him at all? Have you kept in touch with him? I've talked to him. Yeah, um, I said has because I know he still wants to play, um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's. I'm sure it's a waiting game for him. Uh, judging by Twitter, uh, you know, last uh, pictures I saw up, uh, he's definitely in shape. Yeah, waiting uh, is hard though. Yeah, uh, it's definitely hard. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know because I, 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 I honestly have no idea about his medical uh, status or clearance or whatnot. But you don't talk about that when you call him. You talk about no. other stuff. Uh, but there's there's. Like Nick Collins' injury, and then there's Sean Richardson's injury. Both safeties, obviously, they had different injuries. I don't know the the variance there, but one guy could never play again, and the other guy is back playing. Um, so I know there's hope when you think about, you know, the fact that Sean's playing and has no lingering issues, uh, and you'd hope for obviously for everybody who has a, an injury like that who still wants to play that that they'd have the opportunity like Sean did, uh, because I know for for Nick who was. Uh, a future Hall of Famer. I think I can say that with a lot of confidence. The way that uh, you know he performed in his talent, um, you know, it, it, it was hard to, to have to give it up. Last question goes to Andy. He says, "Do you have any interest in getting Julius Peppers involved in the goal line offense, like J.J. Watt was against the Raiders for the Texans?" I think you would have to ask Julius that. 
But a big body outside, yeah, of course. But it, he would have to want to. I mean, yeah, we'll see. He could though. I mean, I know he didn't catch the interception against. I was surprised because he has good. He has good hands. We we every Saturday we do a we call it pat and go. It's just you know you line up on one side and they run down and you throw it to them. You know, and so they get the linebackers involved and and Julius makes it look really easy. Oh, is it that is that that drill where you guys just throw interception after interception on yeah. purpose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's got to be a good drill for you. You must enjoy that. Um, it's fun when you get the lineman and a D lineman because the lineman always wants you to throw a completion. So you try, and, you try a little harder to make it difficult for the defensive lineman so the offensive lineman can catch it, but it's a defensive drill. <laughs> well, uh, I apologize for uh, making your show difficult on you today with my technical difficulties. I'll and your do outfit. better next yes. week. Uh and I don't know if Kermit the Frog will be here or not, but ah, thanks okay. again. Your computer is still going to be here? Um, yes. I don't know. I, I, this was all a, an elaborate ruse mm. to try and get a new computer. Um, we'll do it again next week. Thanks a lot. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show, Tuesdays with Aaron.